Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, this is the Gospel for Life, and we are without our wingman today, Pastor Phil Moran from Christ Prez, but we do have Jonathan and Russ in the studios. How are you guys doing, brothers? Doing great. Um, would love to get back to some semblance of what we once had, but thankful that we're moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, Abs- amen to that. We're all, we're all coming. We've realized that the uh, Idaho is like the fourth most open state at this point, you know, after this coronavirus stuff. And yet we don't feel all that openness in relationship to our gathering as a church and that. So, you know, physically we're doing well. Uh, Spiritually, we're hungering for that time when we're all back together again. Yeah. You know, one of the things I realize in this season is how critical and vital human touch is. Uh, you know, we've been told for several months not to shake hands, to keep social distances. And when we brought our church back together, you know, we gave them the social, the, the protocol and all that stuff. But people have a longing for touch. That's how we were made. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm so I'm so happy to be back with our congregation. Um, all right, so we are going through Psalm 119 today. We have been the last couple of days. And Russ, do you want to kind of Give us an overview of Psalm 119 if somebody's just tuning in for the first time. So Psalm 119 is an acrostic, which just means that um, each of the uh, the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, which are 22, um, the psalmist is re- beginning verses with those letters. So eight verses at a time. So the first eight would be all of the, the Hebrew letter that we would say is A. Um, so there's eight verses that start with A and then B and then so on. Um, and then the theme throughout is God's word, God's revelation. And so he uses a lot of different words, whether it's commandments, precepts, statutes, law, um, all of these different ways of expressing the word of God. And basically throughout the entire psalm, 176 verses, there are only three or four times when that does not end up being mentioned in different verses. So it depends on how you count it. Right. It could be two. It could be four. Right. Um, you can just be safe and say two to four. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so um, now each section, each stanza in Psalm 19 represents not only a different letter of the alphabet, but really a different theme. Mm-hmm. And and you can discover that theme by simply reading the eight verses and asking yourself, what is besides the Word of God, what is being repeated here? What is being emphasized here? And today we're going to look at verses 65 through 72. Jonathan, you want to read that? 65 through 72. You have dealt well with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies. 
but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling, like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. So when I was teaching through this section, I just asked myself, what is being repeated here? And you can see it in verse 67, he mentions the word affliction, and then he does the same thing in verse uh, 71. And and that's how the theme kind of presents itself in each one of these sections. And you have a, Rush, you have a commentary right now in front of you by a guy named Alex Muttier. Muttier? Muttier? <laughs> You're just making that up. Yeah. Um, and, and he came up with a similar theme, didn't he, for the mm-hmm. same section? He calls it hard knocks, good knocks. And so this theme of affliction, and the reason why he calls it good knocks is good is actually the most repeated word in the, the psalm. The psalmist uses it six times. It's a little bit tricky sometimes in the English to pick that up um, because he uses it in, in different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's an adjective, sometimes it's a noun, sometimes it's a verb. So in verse 1, or 65, you have dealt well with your servant. It, it's actually the word good. Um, and then later on it says better, verse 72, um, mm-hmm. that's the word good. Um, so it's six times in, in the psalm. So that's where you get the hard knocks, the affliction, good knocks, mm-hmm. the theme of, of God as a good God, um, good judgment, um, good objective. And what, and what we're seeing here is the same thing that we might see in the New Testament where we're told that uh, the the Lord disciplines those He loves. Yeah, um, you know He He disciplines us for our good. Yeah, and so there's a, a sense He's gone through certain afflictions. He's gone through uh, you know some trouble here. He feels it from the Lord, but He also knows that it's set Him in the right place. It's set Him His path on the right path in, t- in terms of His. Um, a desire to follow the Lord. That's right. And if you're to, I mean, and that's kind of the first thing I was going to point out, Jonathan, is that these afflictions that is happening to the psalmist, he is he's recognizing that God is the one who is sovereignly bringing them into mm-hmm. his life. That doesn't mm-hmm. negate his own sin. That doesn't negate the sin of others. But it mm-hmm. just simply recognizes the fact that if affliction comes into our life, it's from the Lord. Yeah. Well, it's just there's some interesting phrases. 67, before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word, and the sense is that affliction was a positive good. Mm-hmm. But then the psalmist quickly follows with verse 68, you are good and do good. Mm-hmm. And then it's a prayer, teach me your statutes. Mm-hmm. But look at how God answers the prayer. Verse 71, it's good for me that I was afflicted that I might learn your statutes. He yeah. had asked God to teach him yeah. his statutes. Well, how did God choose to do so? Through affliction. Through affliction. Yeah. And then he said, then I learned them. Yeah. And through it all, he's saying, God's good. Yeah. And not only is he good, he does good. Yeah. And that's just such a healthy perspective um, with affliction, with difficulties, with things that come into our life. Well, maybe one of the first questions we should ask ourselves, I mean, there are several questions to ask yourself, but one of those questions should be, how is God using this in my life to refine me and make me more like Jesus Christ? Yeah. Yeah, one, of the, one of the simple liturgical responses uh, that we find sometimes in, in church worship is, uh, you know, the worship leader might say, God is good, and the response is, all the time. Then the leader says, all the time, and the response is, God is good. And this is what the, 
this is what the psalmist is experiencing here. Mm-hmm. All the time, God has been good. Yeah. I may be going through this difficult time, but he's working all things together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen. You know, I just would say in my own personal experience, um, and that's that, that's not uh, illegitimate to talk about our personal experience here because Psalm 119 is very much talking about the experience of a child of God. In my personal experience, the times when I've been afflicted the most are the times when I've learned the most about the Lord. I know, Russ, mm-hmm. you've mentioned a, a few times in this program about your, your mother dying. Mm-hmm. And almost every time, uh, you, you, I can just see it on your face, I can see it in your eyes, that God taught you some mm-hmm. incredible things during that season. And I would never want to go through some of the seasons that I've gone through in my life, but again, but God taught me the most about him in those seasons. Yeah, we're forced to learn. We're forced to see God's plan and all the those things. And sometimes we don't always see it, except in high, you know we don't see it as we're going through it. We may see it in hindsight. You know, I you know I can look at all at different seasons in my life and uh, remember what it was like being in the that season, saying why. But then on the you know as I've gotten older, I'm able to look back and say. If I hadn't gone through that, I wouldn't be in the place that I am today. Yeah. I wouldn't I, I wouldn't see the blessings that I'm seeing now. So God has a purpose in that and the psalmist is working that out in his own mind as he's as he's going through this. He's he's recognizing that uh it's it's brought him into a closer relationship with God because the Lord does good things for his people in accordance with his word, even through affliction, then that faithful psalmist Praise for more knowledge and understanding to be revealed to him. Okay, I'm going to tell a little bit of a story, whatever. Um, it does have a point. So if you just stick with me. Um, <laughs> so it, when in our family, we do um, family devotions together at the end of every day. And, and typically um, between what we do at the table and what we do, um, at night, we try to have something where we're reading directly out of God's Word, and then the other time we we read things that might be a little bit more um, catechism directed. Um, but every fall, um, roughly October, November, we break away from that pattern, and at night we do kind of church history type of readings um, because of Reformation is in in October. So we try to read different things to help our kids understand how God has been working in the life of, of his church. And so sometimes we read Reformation Heroes, Simon at a Car books, and all of these things. And it's interesting that as we've been reading over the years, um, we've been doing this for 15, 20 years, um, a comment that my kids made was, Dad, it's really interesting how many of these significant people from church history had really difficult childhoods and went through a considerable amount of loss and suffering and affliction. And I hadn't really, I mean, I read them, I'm, I'm there too, and I hadn't really noticed that pattern until my kids said that. I'm like, oh, you're right. A lot of these people went through some very difficult times um, and then God used them greatly in service of, of his, his kingdom. And I think that's kind of the connection that's being talked about in Psalm 119 in 65 through 72. We see negative afflictions and difficulties in life always as things that are to be avoided, as negatives. Um, 
And I don't think that matches the, the teaching of Scripture. I mean, you, you have texts in the New Testament that basically say that God brings these difficulties to develop Christian character. Mm-hmm. And, brother, not only to, to develop Christian character, but that so that we would know Christ more. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is one of the things that I, I try to encourage suffering saints with all the time. And I don't ever try to say this in a light or glib way, but... When you're suffering, dear saint, God has given you the incredible privilege of sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3. Mm-hmm. He says, because uh, I count all things as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And then he goes on to, to, to ask God that he might share in his sufferings. Well, in all of our afflictions, there's a sense in which we can always connect it back to the afflictions that Christ himself had. Okay, so you're suffering unjustly at the hands of persecutors. That's what Christ did for you. You have sinned in your life. Christ never sinned. He did that because of your sin. And you can connect that with disease. You can connect that with bankruptcy. You can connect that with any affliction. And you can trace it back to a gospel-centered response. And it's interesting that this this section of the, the Psalm 19, 119 ends with, it was good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The next sentence actually starts the same way. It was good for me. Good for me is the teaching of your word more than thousands in gold and silver. And I think the psalmist is saying, yeah, we naturally are drawn to gold and silver, but affliction might be actually more valuable because of what it teaches. And it just shows the, the fickleness of our own hearts. Yeah. Um, what's true wealth? What's true value? Yeah. And I, I would say that true value is knowing Christ. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We hope to see you next time. God bless you.